Welcome to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next is my old friend, Bob Ruano, five-time CrossFit Games athlete, chiropractor, podcaster, dad, and husband. Bob recently started the Fitness and Friends podcast and invited me to join his show. We enjoyed it so much, we spilt our conversation over to write it down. Bob is one of the most genuine and hardworking humans I know. For more of our conversation, sit back, relax, and get your pens ready, because this is Write It Down. Welcome back to the Write It Down podcast with the 1513 Network. I'm your host, Brooke Murata. Last episode, you heard my pop stand in for me. Today, I have um, a guest that's near and dear to my heart, who's actually my Gainesville dad when I went to the University of Florida, (laughs) Dr. Bob Ruano. He's a five-time CrossFit Games athlete, fourth fittest in the world, 51 years old, chiropractor, dad, husband, I mean, you do it all. Bob, thanks so much for joining me today. Brooke, this is, uh, this is crazy. I mean, thank you very much for, for inviting me. You've got, uh, I, I appreciate you been working out the kinks with your show with, you know, guys like Joe Theismann and Marcus Allen <laughs> in preparation for talking with me. So I'm excited. I'm honored to have you. I was actually thinking, I was like, man, I need to get Bob on here. Um, number one, I got to go to the CrossFit Games with you and your family um, in 2017. Or the first year it was in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. We spent a week or so there. And that was cool because I had loved um, doing CrossFit and then meeting you guys and, and growing close to your family was super neat for me. And then I got to watch you compete. I mean, you really put your money where your mouth is. If you're if you're preaching something, if you're coaching something, you apply it to your life. So I've always appreciated that about you. And I think a lot of people can learn from you and the wisdom that you have. So I'm stoked to have you on well, the show. Well, hey, Brooke, th- thank you. And, and, you know, regarding that trip, uh, you know, we, we're very thankful for you because, you know, as you know, we have five young boys and, crazy. you know, you never know if you're going to make it to the CrossFit Games yeah. again. And, and so uh, when I had the opportunity to take them, uh, it seemed daunting because, you know, trying to kind of prepare and stay focused for that. And then at the same time, taking care of, although we brought three of the five, uh, it, that was going to be a no go, no deal. Yeah. And then, you know, we said, well, maybe we can talk Brooke into a little vacation. (laughs) (laughs) A little au pair. It was fun. Uh I loved it. I loved it. Well, Bob, you you impressed me in a lot of ways, but I I do want to tap into uh, the mentality that you've had to embrace. We we discussed pre-show, like very briefly, that you've you've changed from just even 10 years ago. Um, You have to have a mindset to to be a champion and a mindset to, to keep doing the things day in and day out. So what are some of the things that you really had to overcome mentally to get to the place where you were competing on the world's biggest stage for CrossFit? Well, uh, let me tell you up front, um, I, I don't have it figured out. And that's probably the, the biggest piece other than my nutrition, uh, the sort of the biggest hole. And it's that, that mental, um, that mental piece, uh, because, you know, doing this now, seven or eight years pretty consistent like there isn't much of a, uh, an off season for what we do uh you know ex- the experience of burnout is very real uh and not to mention you know as we get up there you know when you're kind of forcing yourself to these higher and higher levels injury is um uh is is always around the corner and yeah I've, and i've had my share of them for sure but i will say that you know growing up i, I participated in a lot of sports and i use that term 
um, very specific because I did participate. I wasn't a stand on anything. I, I you know, played baseball. Um, I wrestled, uh, did gymnastics, which actually, I think the gymnastics helped me a lot, sure. uh, in the sport of CrossFit. Um, but I wasn't a standout in any of them. Um, but at the same time, I really didn't apply, <laughs> like a lot of things in life. I didn't apply myself, uh, <laughs> when I was younger, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, uh, you know, any particular sport. Like I, you know, I showed up at practice, I did what I was told, but, uh, but that was the extent of it. So fast forward 30 years, CrossFit comes along. I was sitting on my couch watching, uh, I think ESPN and I saw <clears throat> snippets of the CrossFit games. I'm like, this looks really cool. These guys were like pushing sleds and, and, uh, and, and, and carrying yokes and doing barbell work and gymnastics work, uh, all for time and competing. And I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. And so, uh, I took a deep dive into the CrossFit HQ website and kind of self-taught a lot of, uh, a lot of movements. But, you know, first was really just learning the language. Mm-hmm. Like what does AMRAP mean or, uh, mm-hmm. EMOM, uh, what's a thruster, you know? So I did, and, uh, I, I, kind of discovered a passion for it and just through you know enjoying the process of learning and training next thing you know i started to put some some skills together and um and there you have it so i really the uh i guess at some point making the crossfit games became a goal but for the most part it was just i just enjoyed the process of the training yeah and that is something that can be applied throughout anything, um, enjoying the process of training, whether you're in med school, whether you're training for the games, whether you're a football player, whether you have a goal to start a business, you really have to kind of to, to kiss that wave that's hitting you of, of the process. And I really appreciate um, that about you. I also um, want to highlight the fact that you are a chiropractor, so you know a lot about the human body and, and how it functions, and you know how to apply those things to others. Was there a time in your life where you were seeing clients and you were helping them get better, but you were kind of going under in your own health? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I'd say uh, yes, all the time. <laughs> Welcome to counseling, Bob. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This is your so, inner voice. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think with each injury that I that I undergo, it, it gives me. I, you know, I use this as a learning experience because I have patients that deal with the same thing, whether it's you know an Achilles injury or a rotator cuff tear or a disc herniation. Um, you know, I've had all those, and so it gives me great empathy to uh, uh, it, you know when it comes to treating them. And I see a lot of athletes, so I, I know that you know being sidelined is probably you know a, a, a worse uh, uh, excuse me is uh, thing for you know for them to drop out of their sport or to have to rest quote to uh, to heal. They don't like to hear that. It's not a, a prescription they want to hear or even follow. So. Um, you know, uh, having that experience, yeah, I can figure out where they need to modify, what they really do need to stop, uh, but how they can kind of redirect that that drive. Yeah. So, so how would you say, and, and hopefully this question comes out clearly, but maybe we can just parse this out together. So you, you mentioned that, you know, to tell an athlete, especially in Gainesville, um, we know like athletes are pretty much what flood that city. Um, between basketball and football and um, it's just a saturated um, city for athletes but to be told that you have to rest and heal is like you're saying that 
athletes don't want to hear that because they're right. go, 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 go. They have that drive. And you have that yeah. in you. I have that in yeah. me. And a lot of people have that in them who grew up in the sports realm, but some who haven't have that in other areas of their life. So right. how would you correlate that even to mental health, the importance of taking time to rest and heal in certain areas before you um, go back full speed? Um, and then also maybe some of the things that you do in your life to ensure that you're doing that. Yeah, you, you know, I think kind of stepping back and, and kind of reassessing what is what is what is the overall goal, uh, and uh, you know, I think if you do that, just slow down for a minute. It's, e- it's easy, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, to say, hey, you know, you would do a lot better if, uh, you know, and then fill in the blank, mm-hmm. you know, incorporate two rest days a week, or uh, you know, decrease your don't work at ninety percent of your maximal load capacity. You know, maybe work at sixty five. Work on movement patterns. It will help you in the long run. I mean, we understand that, uh, but it's hard to do. It's hard to slow down. I'm guilty of it as well. Um, So the more people I have telling me that, you know, whether it's my coaches or my wife, um, you know, eventually it will sink in. And that goes for for my patients and, you know, the the athletes as well. Like if you take just a 30,000 foot view of it and say, you know what, you can work really hard today, but it's going to set you back you know, a week or two weeks instead, go a little slower uh, and keep moving forward inch by inch. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot further, a lot faster. Yeah. Day by day. So what would you say is the, the hardest part about um, getting to the CrossFit games, training your dad, your husband, what are some of the things that you really had to dial in on in order to make it? Well, you know, that first year was kind of a fluke. I, I, I feel it was a fluke. You know, I, I, 10 months earlier, I ruptured my Achilles and thought that that was, that was, that was it for me. That, you know, that first year I turned 45 and I aged into the 45 to 49s and then 10 weeks prior, 10 months prior, ruptured my Achilles, had surgery and thought, all right, well, I got to punt another year and I'll, I'll try it again that following season. But as it turns out, the work that I was doing, you know, the modifications, uh, actually helped. Uh, so this big giant obstacle that got put in my way actually was the springboard to get me to the games that first time. And what I mean by that is, you know, I couldn't obviously do any kind of lower body exercising for three months, but I could do a lot of handstand pushups. I could do a lot of chest bar pull-ups, a lot of gymnastics work. Uh, and as a result, uh, the, you know, the following qualifications uh, tests had a lot of those movements in it. And so that put me in an advantage. So maybe without that Achilles injury, you know, maybe I don't do as much work with it as I did. And then maybe I don't make it that first year. Mm-hmm. I like what you said. And, and we talked about this on your podcast, which we'll, we'll go into your, your podcast and why you started that. But we talked about this on your podcast and in my own life, a question that you asked, what was like a point in my life that was a setback, but ended up being a springboard. So right. aside from that happening with injuries in CrossFit, in your own personal life, what was a setback or a valley that you thought you'd never get through, but now looking back, it propelled you into a better season? Yeah, uh, you know, from a personal perspective or from a uh, uh, sport perspective? I would say personal. I got, I got them both. <laughs> okay, well, you can give me both. I got time. It's your inner okay. voice talking. Well, you know, if I'm being straight up with you, you know, one of the big turning points uh, personally in my life was uh, in my divorce that I went through mm-hmm. six or seven years ago, six or seven. 
something like that. Anyway, uh, you know, it really forced me to, to kind of take a look inside of, you know, who I really, really was and am and, um, and kind of opened, you know, uh, opened the blinds and kind of kind of expose all the the weaknesses and insecurities that I had and had been carrying around, but could hide very well. Mm. And uh, and that was really with with therapy too. Yeah. Uh, that was huge for me. And uh, I recommend it to everybody, yep. <laughs> including my kids. I'm like, man, if I had this information then, you know, growing up, that would have made uh, you know my my youth a lot easier, maybe a lot more fun yeah uh, a lot more honest yeah yeah to deal with deal with the things I think you know the biggest thing I've learned on just from some of the guests that I've talked to um, and just even people in my life the the importance of seeking wise counsel um, because yeah. there's especially nowadays there's a lot of voices out there there's a lot of things and opinions and and social yeah. media and look over here and and I believe this about this and uh, when you're inundated with that and you're not keeping your own house clean, so to speak, it's really, really yeah. hard to to make decisions, let alone uh, like good yeah, ones, I, you know, and I, sure. I, was, I go ahead. and I think, you know, have, having you know, all these young boys and I, you know, I see like, you know, all the, the social media influence, uh, you know, like I said, growing up, I, I did a really good job of whatever I was feeling or dealing with inside. I could put on that plastic mask, and uh, matter of fact, my my, uh, my brothers would, would would kid me about it growing up because uh, whenever somebody would come over, uh, you know, from outside the family, all of a sudden I'd I'd put on this this persona, this entertaining, uh, you know, social being. When inside, you know, I was I was miserable, I was scared, insecure, and but I, I could hide it really well. So nobody nobody knew, and I and I did that for years, decades mm. actually. Wow. Why, what do you, if you don't mind me asking, and this, because uh, you're a father of five boys um, and you are a man yourself, what would you say are some of the insecurities that men might deal with in ways that you got out of it to realize, no, I, I have what it takes, I am a man, and kind of uh, and work through that? Like, what advice would you give to younger guys? Uh, you know, just being expressive. Um, because, you know, for, for, for young men, for boys, it is hard for them to, you know, to admit that, you know, they have fears and, uh, you know, maybe they don't feel you know good enough or strong enough or in, in, in our case, in our family, tall enough, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these things, really. And to say, it's okay though. And, and really, because once you find yourself, your inner self, and you express that, there is only one of you. And, uh, and that uniqueness is what is attractive. It is. Uh, that's, uh, again, just a tough place to, uh, to kind of discover. But once you do, it's very freeing. It is freeing. And, and that's that's the thing is like being free of of opinion and comparison because comparison steals joy. I'm learning that in my own yeah. life yeah. that I have freedom to be exactly who God created me to be. And there are there are things that are in my heart and in my <laughs> my vision board, so to speak of my life that are very unique to me. And that's a very special yeah. sacred thing. And when you're in a society where you feel like everybody needs to be doing the same thing at the same time, it can be very daunting. It can well, steal away the uniqueness. 
you know, I think that's, uh, you know, with <laughs> doing these podcasts, like, you know, I, I love what you're doing with this show and it inspired me to, to do one as well. And I have, you know, I'm, I'm just, just getting into it. But what, what I have found is the episodes that really resonate, that really like feel like we accomplished what we set out to accomplish, which was just to, you know, discuss, uh, whatever it is for, for me it's to get the other person's story mm-hmm. and i but i think that the more honest that we are and the more honest that conversation is uh the more intriguing it is and uh and the more connections can be made so um yeah I, I think without that honesty you can't really do a good show <laughs> yeah no it's true and and something i've always appreciated about you as a person is your you're very, um, and this is not in a bad way, you're vulnerable in a really good way, in a very manly way, but you're also like, hey, like I'm willing to go to go, to go deep with you. Like, not that yeah. there was multiple t- times where I would have like issues in school or whatever, but like I always right. felt like I could come to you. If we were in a training session and there was something else on my mind, you know, and I think that's very important too okay. in, in coaching. You kind of have to take on that role and responsibility of a guardian and a leader in somebody's life. And and not a lot of people have that. For sure, you you know you got to garner the the trust and not in a manipulative way, but no. um, you know because you you as a as a trainer, not that I'm a trainer. We you know I, I worked with you for fun basically. Mm-hmm. I you know I enjoyed it as well, but um, it's uh, you know you've got to be you know on the same uh, the same page as your your clients, and uh, otherwise. You know, if you are in it for anything other than their success, um, you're not going to be around long. Yeah. And that's with anything in life. If you're if you're being more motivated for your own selfish reasons, people can sniff that out. We're going to take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com, and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says Learn More. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network, so show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with write it down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. I want to ask you a couple questions about um, chiropractic care. I want to yeah. um, learn a little bit and also maybe debunk some myths because you get people on both sides Love of the it. coin about chiropractic care. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. if if I say to somebody, I'm going to get um, go to the chiropractor to get adjusted, and mm. people are like, yeah. oh, they're just cracking your back and nitrogen right. gas and blah blah blah, yes. blah. whatever the whatever yes. the rebuttal is, what is your argument to that, and what are the benefits of going to get adjustments for your body? Well, first of all, I don't argue with anybody. <laughs> we live in America. You yeah. want to utilize chiropractic care? Bless you. If you don't, bless you too. Right, right, right. Freedom. <laughs> uh, yeah. But do I do I do it? Yes. Uh, so here's the deal. Um, you know, you know, we when we use the the term or the expression, uh, you get your spine aligned. That doesn't. That's not very descriptive. What is we actually do? Okay, so we have these twenty-four give or give or take joints in our that make up our spinal column. Each joint should have its own independent range of motion. Okay, and so synergistically, we can bend and twist and flex and extend and get in all these different positions while still being very protective of the spinal cord, which is traversing the entire column. Okay, that's mm-hmm. just that's our anatomy. That's our physiology. So. 
what can happen either through repetitive motion or sustained poor posturing in trauma, one or more of those joints can get locked down, stuck, fixated, if you will. All right. We call those subluxations. In and of itself, not a big deal. Uh, the joint above it and or below it will just end up doing a little more work to accomplish that full range of motion. Okay. But if it continues, what can happen is if a joint gets overused, it will eventually become what? Inflamed. All right. And the more inflamed it becomes, eventually it can create swelling. Now, swelling is what puts pressure on the nerve endings that creates pain. That's why we pop ibuprofen. That's why we get cortisone injections, is to reduce swelling. Because when you do that, what happens? You feel a little better, right? Mm -hmm. So you can continue taking the anti-inflammatories or you can let somebody put a little excessive movement into the joint to free it up so now everything can start to work synergistically again. That's it. Wow. <laughs> that That's is pretty simple. That's, yeah. yeah, it's simple science. Okay, so it's very simple. what yeah. is – and you married um, Farah, who's really um, good and knowledgeable about nutrition. And yes. she, she breaks a lot of chains for a lot of people that are afraid to eat carbs. So she has yes. um, a business called <laughs> exactly right. Eat the Banana, which eat the banana. I love it. I think that is just brilliant because girls in the fitness world, when I was really, really involved in CrossFit, you can start to play mind games with body dysmorphia and, oh, I can't sure. eat this. I can't do this. So I've always appreciated that. And I think you and Farah and your gifts complement each other really, really well. What are some of the things you've learned from her and your nutrition, um, with your nutrition, I should say, that, that help with your joints, that help with inflammation, that help with your sleep cycle, things like that? What are some of the things that you changed in your diet? Oh, a lot. Well, first of all, she got me eating vegetables. <laughs> oh, God bless that woman. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. And, 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 and you know what else? Hmm. Uh, she got me eating more. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a 170 pounds, pretty active. Uh, and, you know, when I started, like, I, I never measured food. I never weighed. I, I didn't care. I just ate what I wanted to eat and, and, and get on with it. Mm -hmm. Well, as it turns out, I started tracking or she, she had me track and I was eating 18 to eighteen hundred to 2000 calories a day. And uh, she's like, this is why you're exhausted. This is why you're starting to you know, get the injury bug, uh, performance kind of peaking out or even dipping. I wasn't eating enough food. I wasn't eating enough calories. And uh, so she has been instrumental in making sure that I've been you know, getting enough uh, kind of nutrition in me so I can utilize it. Yeah. Really simple as that. But yeah, I was one of those under eaters and not because I had some sort of uh, – some sort of uh, aesthetic goal in mind, mm -hmm. which we can talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. um, that's always kind of in the back of my mind, but, um, but it wasn't about that. I didn't want to lose weight. And when, if anything, I wanted to gain weight. And um, so, yeah, she's been you know, really good about kind of staying on me and, and making sure I'm, I'm, I'm getting the, uh, getting the fuel in I need fuel to get. Need. Yeah. And also not under eating. I think I saw, she might've posted <clears throat> this or reshared this a couple years ago, but it always stuck in my brain about like, Hey girl, it could have been like a meme or something, but like, Hey girls, like 1300 calories is what a puppy eats. And I was That's like, right. Oh shoot. Yeah, toddler. Toddler, uh, yeah, eats a toddler eats that. I like look at my niece and nephew who eat every 30 minutes on the minute, like a AMRAP oh, yeah. or whatever. And they're always eating. And I'm like, 
wow and these kids are strong and it's true there's there's a a level of if you eat less which i guess over time you eat less you get skinny and scrawny which we can talk about the aesthetic appeal there so so what is what are some of the maybe guardrails that you have to put in your own mentality towards not idolizing um the aesthetic appeal and trying to just really take care of your body knowing that the the appeal will come with that so what are some of the things you do and that's crazy. So, well, like for me, so I, I, I was, I always lifted weights, uh, and, uh, and the goal, the end goal was to look a certain way. And I never really got there. <laughs> I, I never really got to like a place where I was like, damn, all right, we're, we, we, we have arrived. Right. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until I stopped, uh, training for aesthetics and started training for performance then all of a sudden my body changed and then that, you know, that performance training was for me, was CrossFit. Um, so I just realized that, you know, that's, that's how my body, that, that that's how my body responded best too. And so, yeah, I think it was kind of letting go of, of the aesthetic drive and replacing it with the performance. And that's when those things changed for me. Yeah. I think that is probably the, the most fit I've ever been is when I was not obsessed with the look of it. And I was just really enjoying sleeping good, eating well, you know, working out as much as I could because, you know, not to mention it helps with mood boosting. So I could have looked the exact same and I'm like, dang, I look good. And it's probably just my endorphins talking, but I was just like, shoot. Okay. You know, I don't know if you've kept an eye on fairs during the last two years, She's really shifted gears from <clears throat> sort of the high intensity training to more weight training. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, with aesthetics in mind. Yep. And you know, the the goal was, you know, to to stop crushing the uh, uh, you know the, the the hormone system mm-hmm. and start building lean muscle mass. Uh, and then you know, and which takes time. Yeah. But uh, with enough stick-to-itiveness. As that muscle mass develops, that muscle mass is costly as far as like calories are concerned. So now just to carry around, you know, an extra two or three pounds of muscle, now that that, that muscle is burning 24-7. Yeah. And now the aesthetics start to change. change. And you get this exponential, uh, this exponential looking chart of increased lean muscle mass, more calories are burned just by existing, the leaner mm-hmm. one becomes yeah oh, i love so the word lean every girl <laughs> listening to this show right now you know you love the i lean. was having a lean i was having a conversation with some of the guys at the gym that i work out at and we were doing farmers carries and i got the lightest weight ever like because i was like i can't have these big traps anymore like i'm just i'm trying to and i like <laughs> named all these names that were appropriate to say to a girl that lifts it's like lean dainty small oh yeah petite look so so skinny wow shredded but tiny yeah nothing bulky sounding so it was hilarious we were like dying (laughs) laughing i was like well it matters okay because that is exactly words matter to us and we need to hear that but i love that you know i I think the 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 vernacular was changing now 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 you know maybe uh women or or girls are interested in one big quads or a a big butt or whatever just uh it's true. You have muscle. They want muscle. They mass. want muscle. And again, I'm not speaking on behalf of every girl out there. If you're out there and you like bigger words, holler at you. I'm over <laughs> here like if I hear the word yoked 
in my name in a sentence, self-destruction. So go <laughs> ahead, go no. ahead and comment on all my Come photos. Come on, Brooke, you ain't get yoked. Yeah, no, like Brooke looks tiny. That's a good word. But anyways, uh, it's hilarious. Okay. But the thing is, and something I want to address with what you were talking about with muscle mass, um, yeah. having lean, for those of you who like that word, lean muscle mass, um, that it's those it's kind of like more of those endurance muscles. It takes longer to build, but when you have it, it, it really, um, it adds a lot to your fitness life, to your burning, burning calories at rest, things like that. And I like what you said is you have to have a stick to itness, And yeah. Yeah. that is the biggest thing when it comes to mental, physical, spiritual, any sort of health is yeah. you have to keep going. And I think that's the hardest thing in, in life is when you can't see results, right? You're, you're putting faith in a process when you're yeah. doing things, you're putting faith in the fact that if I eat this, I wake up at this time consistently and I work out, I will see results. I might not see well, it overnight. It, that's right. And, that, and that's where like really falling in love with the process is that's, that's the magic because it, you know, you with, with, with our boys, um, and I really try to instill that in them, but you know, anything they hear from their dad is in one ear out the other, yep. but like, I, you know, I, it, it's, it's great to have a, a big audacious goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have one son who, oh, I want to, I want to go to States for wrestling. That's terrific. Uh, but, uh, you know, do you like getting up at four o'clock in the morning and going for a run? <laughs> Do you like on the weekends, uh, right, uh, you know, training and, you know, getting to bed early? Um, it, do you enjoy those things? Yeah. Because if you do, then, you know, then that goal, you might have a shot. Yeah. But if not, then it's just a dream. That's true. And, uh, you know, so a goal without um, without a program, mm-hmm. just a dream. It's true. Just and you have to have some sort of action with, with things. And, and speaking yeah. of um, goals and dreams is you had a, a goal to start a podcast. It's called Fitness and Friends. I love your podcast. It inspired me to, to take myself to the next level. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why you started a podcast, uh, the premise behind your show, and, and some of your favorite moments? Sure. Um, well, you know, I think... I think sort of the inspiration of it was kind of twofold. One uh, was my injury that I, I told you about, the Achilles injury and how that, that major setback, like in my mind, that catastrophic setback actually created the way for, for me to get to the game for that first year. And I was like, what a cool, like I was impressed with myself. To be honest with you, it sounds yeah. weird, but yeah. I was impressed with myself. I'm like, that's crazy. I did that. Um, very empowering. And, uh, and, and shortly thereafter, it might have been the following season, um, my, my online coach sent me this book. I'm looking at the cover of right here called The Obstacle is the Way. Uh, a terrific book uh, by a guy named Ryan Holiday. And uh, the, the, the book just uh, depicts different historical um, stories that kind of had that same theme in mind where – you know, these giant obstacles were put in the way of of individuals and they found ways around them and used it as a springboard into something bigger and greater. So, um, you know, I, so I, I, I always um, found those stories inspiring and, uh, I started listening to podcasts and, 
um, became very addicted to them, actually. And I always liked the process. Didn't you say, I think you told me, like, you were inspired by, who was it? Ellen DeGeneres, right? Yes, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, yeah. Who else? Ellen DeGeneres, Ryan Seacrest, um, I mean, obviously Oprah, to, to see that they they really met people where they were at, like in their interviews. Well, they, yeah. they, could, they, they, they could relate with people and they mm-hmm. could pull out their stories. And people like to share their stories with them in particular. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they give, you know, hundreds of interviews. But, but those ones, the ones you mentioned, uh, they have a way of, like, just uh, allowing people to open up to them. Yeah. That for me, you know, you know who it was for me? Who? Johnny Carson. Yes. Johnny Carson was the best. Now, yes. that was before your time, okay? Yeah, it was, I but I studied him in school, so I, I know a decent amount. But oh, keep you going. did? Yeah, yeah, because of my uh, major. But yeah, no, Johnny he was— Johnny Carson was the best because yep. he, was, he, was, uh, he, he was funny. Uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, very relatable. Yep. I mean, I was so. This was in college. I mean, I I, I would watch him. I think I, I would watch him because my grandparents watched him, and it was just he was always in the background, you know. So he was kind of he felt like a family member. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember that I remember watching his last show, and it was I was very sad. It was like somebody died. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was uh, he was the best, and so I think that was probably my inspiration, actually. Yeah, he never pigeonheld himself to to any sort of like he was kind of his own niche, and I I appreciate that about him as a show host. Like he was definitely, like you said, he was like almost a family member. Like when he's yeah. on, it's honestly, it's what I would say. The word is is he's timeless. Like Frank yeah. Sinatra's music. Like you just know yeah. when you hear it, you're like, wow, this is just simple goodness. And he right. was simple and good on television. Um, he always highlighted people in the best way. He was funny. Uh, he could do athletes. He could do presidents. He could do musicians. Oh um, yeah, smart. And, and smart. Yeah, he's just he met people where they were at, and so I I love that's a great inspo right there. So you yeah. started Fitness and Friends. <clears throat> um, the the premise of your show really is at least from what what I gleaned from it being on your show, and you can you can share more. Yeah, was uh, you really like diving into people's stories of how they over overcame certain things exactly. to get to where they're <clears throat> at and how they had that grit to keep going for that end goal for that vision in their life. So that's I, it. I, I think that, you know, we, you know, we hear the, uh, we hear the stories of the famous athletes or politicians or actors that, uh, that have overcome these challenges, but the people that we know day in, day out, uh, the people we grocery shop with, I mean, they have stories. They just go untold, you know, without the fanfare. And so, uh, yeah, I've, uh, We've had some really, really cool guests and friends that, uh, you know, injuries, certainly, but also addictions. Mm-hmm. And and that's, oh, man, I, I, I can't imagine coming back from, you know, f- from something like that drug or alcohol abuse and uh, really turning things around because it's, uh, that's a difficult challenge. It's a daily challenge for them. Yeah. Too. They, you, you're never there. You, yeah. You're never done. Talk about always, the process for sure and, exactly. and continuing to love the process of breaking that chain. That's, that's hard. And, and you're very, um, like, like I said, you're a very warm person and you, you bring a lot of joy. I've always appreciated about that about you. You challenge the status quo on things. It doesn't matter your age or whatever other limitations in your life, you continue to move forward. And I think that is the the journey that we all need to be on and be encouraged a journey of faith and grit and trusting the process. 
Um, so I look yeah. up to you in a lot of ways. I have a couple rapid fire questions before we get to our write it down, our our wid, so to speak. Um, oh boy! One, this one's not this one's not too crazy. But one event in the CrossFit Games you want to excel in, or maybe a movement that you're like, I want to be better at this. Yes, um, <laughs> snatching, snatching. So uh. for for those uh, the unfamiliar, snatching it's an Olympic lift. There are two Olympic lifts, the clean and jerk and the snatch. And uh, the snatch, (laughs) (laughs) one of my my best, but worst, but yet best moments uh, of the the five games that I've gone to is there was a snatch ladder. So, you know, the snatch was taking the weight, the barbell from the floor overhead in, in one movement. And it was a ladder. He did 50 double unders then. And a certain amount of snatches at a weight, then another 50 double unders, and the weight increases, five different increases. And the last weight, I think, was 205. Now, I did not have a 205-pound snatch. And so um, I, I run the event, and uh, I look down because at the time, I, I don't know if we were, if there was 10 in the field, if there were 20, but I was the last one. <laughs> and because you know, CrossFit is a very so much for rapid fire. Yeah, no, you, no you, this you, is good. I'm in, I'm roped in. I'm envisioning it. I love it, it. It's an individual sport, but it, it's um, the, the community is great. Yeah. So here it is. Uh, you know, everybody else is done. They're gathering around me. They're cheering me on, giving me cues, and uh, uh, I loved it. You know, I did not finish. I did not hit that 205 snatch, but uh, you know, I, I appreciated the support and the camaraderie of. Uh, of uh, the people I was competing against. Uh, so that was, uh, so that's one movement that uh, I could certainly use some work in. Gosh, And the amount of shoulder mobility you need for the snatch is probably the most crazy part about it is it is about strength, but the mobility that you need to have to be able to get that over your head is insane. And I don't have it. So let me know when you get it. Um, I'll come take classes. Uh, well, you know, we I, we need it. Uh, it's about process, working on mobility for me. So yes, I got to I got yes. to dig in a little yep. bit. Same. Okay. So next question: Do you get what what we call fan sickness at night? Like, if you have an overhead fan, do you get ill? Like, do you feel like the fan's gonna get your throat closed? Oh my gosh! No, I have to have a fan. <laughs> I have to. Who sleeps without a fan? I don't. There are there is a subset of people out there. If you're listening, yeah. this is you. It must be a very small subset. We, we are here to help you, but people will get fan sickness. They're like, no, 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 no I've I can't never heard of this. Yeah. Oh no, it's a real thing. Look into it. I mean, you don't have it, so maybe you don't need to. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good, I know. Good I, my, my my foot, but I do have. I will suffocate if my foot isn't out from underneath the blanket. You have to have your feet out of your blanket. Yeah, one of them. One. That is the yeah, most bizarre. It's, 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 a, it's a science thing, Brooke. It's um, not yeah, a the science. Big I think it's a <laughs> the big toe thing. has to take an oxygen. Yeah, I think that's a you thing. I've never heard okay. that. I was, I'm the person that if my toes are out at 25 yeah. years old, I still think a monster is going to come get me. <laughs> so I have to have all hands and feet inside the vehicle. While inside the vehicle. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Run a marathon or do the assault bike for three and a half hours. Oh gosh, I'm running a marathon, Brooke. Yeah, because at least you're moving yeah. forward. You're not and just I, right. stationary for three and a half. Good hours. point. Yeah. I've never run a marathon. I've run half, so I've never run a full. But uh, or sit on air. So I, I, that, my butt hurts just thinking about. I that. know. I hate the assault bike. <laughs> but this is the thing: is you sometimes with CrossFitters and athletes, they're like, "Running's bad for you." I can't believe you run it. This is what people say to me: "I can't believe yeah. you're running a marathon." Blah 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 blah. And it's like oh, okay. I don't want to bike row. 
or anything like that. Ski erg, no yeah. thank you. That hurts my yes. body and my mentality. Okay. Yep. H- height of a giraffe or mobility of a monkey? Oh, gosh. Well, for me, I'm definitely the mobility of a monkey. Yes. <laughs> I'm definitely not the height of a giraffe. I know. But I don't know what which I'd rather have. I always thought that if I had more height, I would have been better in sports. But maybe that's just because I've seen very coordinated tall people in my life. But I think mobility of a yeah, monkey is where it's at. Well, you know, the average uh, the average CrossFitter, like the average CrossFitter, like champion in the open division, is 5'9". So it, it's actually a, a shorter person sport. Yeah. That's true. And you have to With be compact- like. And With the exception of wall balls and rowing. Uh, yeah. Other than that, pretty much a, a short man's yeah, game. Yeah, it's true. Okay, last one. Are you, When you go to a restaurant, are you water with lime or water with lemon, preferably? Lemon. 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 What? I'm a lime gal. And because, are you real? Yes, and because I'm a bartender, I also know that most servers have to go to the bar to get the limes. So I know I'm that inconvenient girl at the table that's like, can I have water with lime, please? Or can I have club soda with lime? Can you go walk Wait, so over is, to the is bar? Lime, is lime better for you than lemon? I don't know if it's better. It just tastes better. I think lemons are overused. I think it's just... I, I don't know. Well, I th- then you, you know, I'm, I'm out of it right now, but for my water here at the house, I throw lemon juice in it. Like that lemon juice concentrate. Yes. You should try lime juice concentrate. They're sold in the same section. It might change your life. But, you know, I'm no scientist or doctor. I'm just a show host. So (laughs) play one on podcast. I just play. Yeah, I just play one. I'm just your inner voice on a podcast counseling. Um, Okay, (laughs) Bob, we are at the point of the show where I ask each guest to give the audience something to write down. So, Dr. Bob Ruana, what is your write it down? This is simple, and, and this isn't something that I came up with. It's something that I read, very inspiring uh, speech by a doctor, uh, doctor, by an Admiral McRaven. Um, maybe you've heard of this book. It's called Make Your Bed. Yes. Have you heard this book? Yes, I have. I was supposed to read Fantastic it. Fantastic read. I, I, uh, I gave it to, uh, to my boys to read. So a lot of great lessons. Uh, you know, he was the basically head of SEAL teams training and uh, you know, very accomplished admiral and he explained uh you know in this book there were like the 10 things you should do or 10 10 ways he related seal training to life in general uh and one of the first ones was to make your bed and he it took him a while to figure out why do they care so much about how and if i make my bed in the morning and here's why if you make your bed you have Check the first thing off your list. You have accomplished something. And once you accomplish something, it creates momentum to accomplish something else. And so it begins the day on the right foot. And he goes on you know, throughout his description of why you should make your bed to <clears throat> at the end of the day, if you had just a horrible day, things just didn't go your way. You at least know when you go back to your room and you see your well-made bed that there's hope for tomorrow being a better day. And I, I just – I love that. And so every day, guess what I do, Brooke? You make your bed. And I don't just make my bed. I make it tight. Yes. Uh, Great. Hotel life. Yes. You know, I've heard, I've yep. heard the uh, – people will try to say, ah, you're just going to get into it and, uh, and mess it up. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this. If you go to a hotel – and and then all the clean sheets are on there. Just the bed's not made. Does it look inviting to you? No, 
You're like, <laughs> we could even get into the bed. Yeah. You're like, what crusty toed human was in this exactly. bed before me? Yes. Exactly. I like that. Make your bed. And I also do, I make my bed at hotels. And I know that the if I'm staying no, no. multiple nights that people yes. will still make it, but I do my best to make sure I make it because it it does start your day well. You're like I uh, yep. did it. Yep, I do the same. I do the same. Good, and uh, we don't believe in fan sickness, Bob. We are so similar. I love that that make your bed, and you're like I don't just make my bed. I make my bed tight, and I do too. I fluff my pillows. I put my de- yes. decorative pillows on there, and when I yes. walk into my room, I'm like man. I am a tidy yeah. person. My life might be falling apart, but my bed is not. And I, I, like I, that. I really, I, I like it. I, I, I try to instill all these things to my kids and, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what sticks, but hopefully one day it, it, they'll find themselves making their bed and they won't even know why, but, uh, Bobo had a little bit of part in that, but anyway, that's when I write it down, Brooke. Write it down, Bob Ruano. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Hey, I appreciate it, Brooke. Thank you so much. I l- love the show. And, uh, man, uh, like you said, you've, uh, you've been, it really inspired me to uh, to get Fitness and Friends uh, rocking and rolling this past year. I love it. And I love that we're uh, we're back in each other's life in such a unique way. It's been such a, a fun journey. Thanks, Bob. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.